Looking for a new job? Or recruiting new talent? Kickstart your search on RecruitIreland.com, where people make better connections. Job seekers, find your perfect match with in-depth company profiles and handy career advice. Recruiters, advertise your jobs and showcase your company across Ireland's trusted media network. RecruitIreland.com. Jump on to take off. Growing Pains, IE Parenting Podcast, in association with Safe Food, helping you make better food choices. Hi, I'm Irene Feehan and welcome to Growing Pains, the Irish Examiner's parenting podcast series in association with Safe Food. With me today is child psychotherapist Dr. Coleman Nocter, who writes a column for our IE Parenting section, published every Tuesday and online. Coleman is also the author of the best-selling book, The 427 Zone. It was published earlier this year. For the next 20 minutes, we'll be talking about making connections online and how to manage your children's social media. Thank you for joining us in our studio today, Coleman. Thanks for having me. So let's start by looking at why it's not smart to give your child a smartphone. Yeah, I think the idea of we need to get away from the idea of good and bad technology and seeing it as both. But any technology is only as smart as the user. And this is the issue around when when we give a child a phone, we're really asking them to exercise something called self-regulation because they're the ones who are going to have to mediate their usage, kind of navigate when and knowing how much is too much. And what we know from the, the technological space is that it's not... It's anti-regulation almost. It's secret sauce is that it is unlimited and there's no limits to it. So when we ask a child to manage smart technologies smartly, we have to ask, are we asking them to do something that they're capable of doing? And my belief is that at their at younger ages, especially where there's not cognitively, socially or emotionally able for it, we're asking them to do something and almost setting them up to fail. So at what ages are you talking about then that... Would you start to get, consider giving a child a smartphone? Well, I think the idea we have is around kind of the 13 years of age, secondary school mm. idea, although there are many getting them much bef- longer before that. But um, I think the idea of we're starting to give them a bit of autonomy around that time. They're maybe starting to manage public transport, being able to be on their own a little bit, maybe leaving them in the house, being able to travel autonomously. Uh, and, and in the secondary school environment, it's much more hustle and bustle than perhaps the primary school. So we maybe see it as a time of a kind of an, a good opportunity for them to be able to be self-sufficient. Um, while there are many 13-year-olds who I'd have no issues with mm. them having a phone, there are many who I would. And so I would always say we don't use age as the arbitrary. It's too arbitrary. We need to look at their kind of social and emotional intelligence and degree of of a bit of the sensibleness of the child uh, and judging it on that rather than on age. But the uh, we're giving a child a portal to the outside world. And while there's so many opportunities for them to network, to socialize, to mix. And we saw that, you know, over the pandemic, we saw how important it was for technology to keep connections alive. And um, we have to be careful that they won't become over reliant on that technology or that that adult free space doesn't become the only space in their lives that they can uh, occupy without having adults around or, you know, that they see that as their only opportunity for freedom. And there's also that opportunity to learn and to make connections just in person, face to face with somebody that you will never get through social media as well. Yeah, I think the idea around the richness of communication is interesting because 
you know, there is a, it does dilute the more it is mediated through technology. So it's, you know, a phone call, a Zoom call, a face-to-face conversation, they're all different dynamic experiences. Uh, and we have to have a selection or a collection or a series of all of those experiences. And when we rely too heavily on one or other, that's oftentimes what happens is we lose the skill set of the other, you know, and, and again, where technology oftentimes offers us the quick, convenient option. Um, it may not be the most nourishing of options. And, you know, people will say, well, social media keeps me contacted with my friends. And I'd say, well, you know, tato crisps keep me from getting hungry, but it doesn't happen. It's just quite, you know, the nutritional value of meat and two veg and everything else might be quite different. So we have to see the quality of communication as important. So it's not just time spent, but time well spent. And that's a face-to-face out having fun and games, more traditional style of friendships almost. Yeah, I mean, it has the the balance of, you know, your technological diet is much like, if you think about technology Mm. like food, the idea of, you know, you, we try and have the balance of nutrition and treat. And so the, if we, if we look at certain technologies as kind of the junk food of communication, you know, nobody wants us to live a donutless life, but that we don't depend too much on that without having the sustenance of face to face communication in real life, because there's subtle skills in, in social communication that we need that we can only learn by being around other people. Uh, and it's, it's important for our own self-worth as well. The tiny little micro gestures of thank you. Hello. How are you? That we take for granted in in navigating the real world um, when when they're not available to us, it does have an impact on how we feel about ourselves in the world. And nourishing in another way. For sure. Yeah. Okay. Um, it's interesting you come across, uh, talk about the kind of casino style of the design of smartphones so that they're designed to really win. What's your experience around that? Yeah, I think the idea of, you know, technology is there to keep us on screen. So the only dashboard that any kind of software company is interested in is time on screen. So they're by the design of even putting a kind of a red icon to suggest something important, whether your email that you need to check right now, notifications, everything, the way in which it's built is to kind of hack our attention so that we stay on those things. And so it demands a high level of self-regulation to kind of say, well, I'm going to have enough now. And um, I think from the, the point of view of children and adults as well, self-regulation is a real challenge to be able to do that and almost like the the casino where you know when you pull the lever and you're waiting for the 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 fruit machine to give you three cherries or whatever it is that you'll win a handful of change what we're not realizing is when it comes to and especially social media that's a emotional and emotive dynamic so when i post something it's like pulling the lever and i'm waiting to see what did i get what That's did I your get? reward almost. That's my reward. Is it, mm. you know, uh, do people like my picture? Do they like my selfie? Do they like my joke? Do they... And so when we're announcing ourselves through our identity, much as many teenagers are doing, uh, we're doing it in front of a, a mob of people who can have that level of feedback. You know, and then one young person said to me, it's like sculpting a statue of yourself with 300, 600 people shouting advice at what you should do. It can be overwhelming. And so that idea of we can't, uh, you know, the tyranny involved in social media is an emotional one and the investment we have in our content is an emotional one. And, you know, we we, we, we have to see phones are no longer 
a mode of communication. It's like a, a diary. As soon as a copybook becomes a diary, it changes its focus. And so when we put everything into our phone, like our images and our calendars and our mm. notes and our thoughts and our dreams and our aspirations, it ceases to be a technological advice. It becomes an extension of our emotionality. Oh, who we are as well. And you talk about this, the difference. I mean, the watching a TV screen is one form of engaging with screens. We tend to have kind of this common term, no screens or too much screen time. But it's actually the type of screen they're watching and also the way they're engaging with the screen because social media is a different medium altogether. Yeah, I mean, we all heard over the years, you know, TV will be the ruination of mm. childhood, etc. This is a fundamentally different issue because there's an interface, there's an interaction. So mm. we've gone from being the consumers of media to now being the producers of media. So producing TikTok videos, whatever it might be, when we element, bring that element of performance to it, but also the element of interface and interaction, it becomes a more emotionally dynamic and fluid concept and one that you know, brings with it much more capacity for impact, but also to be impacted negatively as well. The the, the cost and the benefit is two way, uh, but it's a fundamentally different way of engaging with media than ever we've been familiar with. And parents need to keep that in mind, I'd imagine, then when talking to their children about handling social media. For sure. Again, I think there's a kind of a digital literacy or, you know, mm. that we need to teach children how to navigate the, the cyber world. But there's an emotional literacy that we need to, you know, that idea of not being impulsive, thinking about what you're posting, thinking about the impact of negative feedback that you might get in commentary. Like these are all kind of new spaces that children need to be coached and supported through um, and not so much just on the infrastructure or the mechanics of technology, but the emotional impact of technology too. What about this old idea about the validation? So it's very easy to go on and get 100 likes very quickly, put up a TikTok video, you might get a lot more. But the kind of validation that counts from close relationships with family, with friends, co even at school, coaches. So how do you weigh one up against the other? Again, it's the, the richness and the dilution of certain things that certain and, and, and for it's what we know is in younger children is interesting. They will look at it, the number of likes that they get. Mm. As older teenagers, it's much more about who liked the picture yes. and who didn't. So it becomes mm. much more sophisticated, but none the more vulnerable. You know, you're you're vulnerable to putting something out there to see, you know, am I good enough? Do you love me? Do you like me? Am I worth something? And when we have a metric of value, mm. that's unusual. When we were growing up, we didn't have a big, you know, sign in the gym hall that ranked me in terms of my popularity and so yes. we kind of got through with the kind of ignorance is bliss almost in that way whereas now where you have the metric of popularity of likes of validation it becomes much more competitive but it also becomes much more hurtful and what we're seeing is things that would have always existed like bullying or exclusion mm. now having all these extra avenues for so it didn't create bullying or exclusion, but it offers young people many more avenues to execute it and much many more ways for young people to be affected negatively and to by it too. And to experience it for sure. Um like we're now see children as producers of media as opposed to consumers of it. So like everybody can't lead and so there's a lot of vying for prominence. So how do you get your child to understand that very complex world? I think the in interesting part about technology and the social and the, the kind of cyber world mm. is that what is popular is more gains more traction than what is true. So in order to gain sort of 
social media traction it has to be extreme because something that we need to click in and, and or go viral or have mm. these kind of mm. captivating aspects mm. of it which drives us towards more extreme behaviors or more extreme performances in order to you know avoid the moderate when we do that children can sometimes mistake popularity for truth and just because something has gotten x amount of million hits doesn't mean it's the most reliable source it just means it's the most popular source and what i would worry about is that young people then get kind of caught into the extremes and what we're seeing in many ways is some children kind of taking on some radicalized views of things or you know trying to outperform somebody um in order to get that online traction and what we've got to really remember that balance moderation is incredibly important to our mental well-being and for children and teenagers that again that's almost working against teaching them how to self-regulate because we're t teaching them to head to the extremes in each in every every manner and so that idea that the the technological world is different and the, how we teach young people the difference between reality and what they see on in these spaces is crucially important because that's part of the conversation that I worry is being missed okay and then there's the issue of quantity versus quality as well and so that idea that they can measure for the first time. So how would you get your child to engage meaningfully with social media because it's not going away anytime soon in a way that it's in, enhances their lives, but it's not about actually getting the, a thousand likes for every post they put up? Yeah, I think it's important that we remember that, you know, our relationship with technology is still very new. Mm. Our, the the iPhone baby is only 14. So from that point of view, the, we're still mm. in an adolescent phase of working through it. We still have a romanticized version of technology for what it is. And we're still very impressed with what it can do. Mm. But in terms of when we see the advances in AI and artificial intelligence, we need to up our game in terms of our emotional awareness of that. And that's where we need to almost teach children about having value systems that we know will sustain them through. So the value of quality over quantity, the value of truth over popularity, the reality of of reality over fantasy. These are things that they're new conversations as parents that we shouldn't really have to have. But what technology has done, it's caused us to have to have these conversations much, much earlier. You know, we have to exposure to mass media around news stories means we have to tell children about things. And childhood is shrinking as, mm. a, as, a, as a consequence of that. So we either become the reliable source of information for them to teach them the measured and balanced view of something or we leave it to the extremist to tell that story. And so as parents, we can't really wash our hands of it and sit back. It's actually, and I used the example before, you know, getting a smartphone is like getting a puppy. The mm. work only starts then. And we as parents have to become involved in coaching, leading, navigating, teaching uh, and almost uh, chaperoning our children mm. through technology. And also, just because the child is in their bedroom on their smartphone doesn't make them safer than if they were out in the street playing with their friends. One of the most common illusions is that proximity is safety. You know, that no longer is the case. If you have a portal to an outside world, you know, you can, you know, I've been in situations where parents have said, oh, you know, he's he's playing a game with David, uh, thinking David is the guy, kid who moves around the corner. David could be a 59 year old in Arkansas, you know, for that point of view. Just chilling. The issue around, you know, just because children are in the next room. And this is the difference. The handheld device 
is a game changer when it came to technology mm. because it allowed our relationship with technology to become much more intimate, much more personal and much more private and much more, more difficult to surveil. So the advice I would have given you 10 years ago of putting your PC in the corner of the sitting room is no longer, that's defunct now. Or even disconnecting the Wi-Fi because they're all 4G, 5G now. Pretty much. So the idea mm. of surveillance has become a bit of a, a moot point. It really is about education and awareness, but also a uh, parental involvement. And there's many strings to that responsibility. Mm. Could I ask you briefly just to address the difference between boys and girls? Because boys tend to have a different relationship with social media than girls. Yeah, I mean, again, just because it's generalisation doesn't mean it's not true. But mm. boys tend to have much more issues with gaming, yeah. gaming marathons. And, you know, you'd hear much more parents of boys having to take fuses out of a fuse box at three in the morning to stop them playing Call of Duty into the night. Uh, whereas girls tend to have much more of an engagement with the social media side of things, so much more social faux pas or dynamics that have happened or exclusions or bullying or saying things or being, uh, you know, spoken to horribly about something. So they're different issues, but um, and, and we've seen both, you know, they can affect both okay. differently. Priority wise, it's the social media versus the gaming tends to be the bigger gender split, um, but equally difficult to manage when they happen. For sure. And you can hear of boys being bullied online just as equally as you can hear of girls being bullied online as well. For sure. And and again, you know, exclusion used to be mm. the f format of, of females, but much more. We see much more of that in boys now. Happening as well. Um, there's a, always a need to have an open and trusting relationship with your child, but it seems like never more important now, particularly in the world of social media. Again, I think the idea of you want your child to be able to come to you if there's a problem um, mm. and, you know, if they're and again, you know, if you're giving them something with trepidation or fear and saying you can have this, but I think it's the wrong thing to do. You don't want that. I told you so. So the child is oftentimes will conceal that they're having difficulty. And one of the most important, I say this all the time, if you're having a, a conversation with your child, tell them to come to you if there's a problem. And it doesn't mean the removal of the device. The number one reason why children do not tell their parents there's they're having a mm -hmm. difficulty is they automatically assume that the parent goes, right, that's it. The phone is gone. And, you know, it's almost the worst thing about being talked about is not knowing you're being talked about or not being able to, you know, for children, that would be a, a worse fear. So they want to, they need to stay online. They need to stay connected. And so that oftentimes can mean they conceal the truth and, and leave themselves open to much more inclusion or horrible behavior, whatever it is they're the recipient of. So as a parent, you need to kind of put that in first. But in terms of that approachability, I, I, you know, we, I would prefer my child to learn how to drive while I'm sitting in the passenger seat mm -hmm. rather than him take the car when I go away for the weekend. And so the idea around, you know, we need to be open to learning about their world and yep. trying to learn with them, but also being open to if there is a problem, you come to me and we will sort it. It's not about taking away the device. It's not about cutting you off. It's not about I told you so. It's about we've got this. And it's not just the responsibility of the parents, you say. It's actually the broader community, schools, coaches, the government. Like the, the, the issue of technology is so pervasive across our communities. There are responsibilities from a government perspective. There's a... The technology companies have a responsibility, you know, they will say, you know, we are on merely a platform in the town square and we don't vet who gets up there and it's up to people and individual responsibility. But there is a degree to protect who's watching that platform. Uh, and, you know, I think age verification is something that, you know, while incredibly important to do, uh, it seems incredibly reluctant to to take 
to take any lead on that. Um, mm. And so from the point of view of uh, schools, we have a responsibility to incorporate the curriculum. We need to teach children about the world they inhabit rather than one that we would like them to believe that they, you know, we have to teach from reality, not ideology. But as parents, I still think we have a huge responsibility sure. in terms of coaching children to manage and build that relationship with technology because it is a relationship, much like junk mm. food, much like anything else. As we mediate that relationship, we do that by role modeling, by showing them what's important. And, 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 and again, you know, the more you value your device in your hand will be picked up on by your child. So, you know, while you say, come off your Xbox while I answer Scroll emails. through my you know, emails or my social or not, media. It's you saying, you know, mm. you have your porridge, I'm going to have a packet of crisps. It just won't work. No. Um, so there is a responsibility on all of us, government, teachers, parents. Yeah. And individuals. And do you believe in setting up a contract with a child? And I know that some some bodies are suggesting that, that there is a social media or a technology contract with their child before you actually hand it over to them. Yeah, I always would say start narrow and, and loosen as you go. And mm. I think having a contract offers you that kind of black and white template where there can be no kind of dubiousness around what the rules are. So there, it's always useful to have, it might sound a little bit formalised, but it actually helps to be able to refer back and say, well, you signed up to this on the BA, on the, the behest of getting this device was because you were willing to do these things. So I think from that point of view, it is important. Um, but again, I would say to you, you know, the idea of being able to judge whether your child is ready for this, uh, you know, trust has to be earned. So mm. they need an opportunity to earn that trust. Um, but it is uh, the idea of you know, having a phone or having access to, to the, uh, the World Wide Web is a responsibility. It's not a right. And so, the, you know, you earn the right by showing the responsibility. So that's whether there's a contract or not. Whether there's a contract or not, it is mm. about, you know, start narrow, widen as you go and you earn your freedom. Uh, it's not give your child a phone at eight and say, come back to me when you have a problem. So have you had a top tip for parents around managing their children's technology use, in particular social media? What would that be? I think sensible children offline are sensible children online. So rather than trying to overinvest in the technology, we need to invest in, in the child. You know, the child is the, the responsibility of all of this comes down to the user. So let's invest in the user, teach them. You know, when your child gets an opportunity to do something that uh, they shouldn't do, you're not going to be there. So the best thing you can do is be a voice in their head. Uh, and that's the best advice I can give you is, you know, teach your child to be sensible, to be able to be approachable, and they'll make good choices as a, a, a kind of a fallout from that intervention. Coleman Nocter, child psychotherapist and author, thank you for joining us on our podcast series, Growing Pains. Growing Pains i.e. Parenting Podcast, in association with Safe Food, helping you make better food choices.